Well, good evening, everyone. It's uh, nice to be able to worship together again. Um, before we start, I've just got a couple of notices. Firstly, uh, there are refreshments after the evening service. It's a bit nice for everyone to stay and have a cup of tea. <coughs> and uh, secondly, uh, Jane has asked me to pass on that there's a fellowship lunch arranged for the 16th of April after the baptisms. Um, and she's got a list out in the uh, foyer that we just need to sign up. I'm not asking to sign up for any um, commitments to bring any meals or anything like that, but just purely for numbers so that she can work out how many forest folders are going to be there um, and um, anticipating uh, guests as well, I think. Uh, so if you're, if you're hoping to stay, uh, then uh, please sign up on that list uh, as soon as you can. So this evening, uh, John will be preaching from um, Paul's epistle to the Corinthians and with a, with the subject, um, spiritual insight. And so we'll be looking at that together this evening. And we're going to start with our first song, which is Holy Spirit, living breath of God, breathe new life into my willing soul. Let the presence of the risen Lord come renew my heart and make me whole. Let's stand when the music starts. Thank you. 
Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, as we uh, come before you this evening, we pray that we will have a real sense of knowing to whom we are coming. That Lord, in all your glory, you are there in heaven above even tonight. And we are down here on the earth, but we thank you, Lord, that the great gulf between us has been bridged by our Lord and Saviour, Jesus Christ. And as we come to worship, Lord, we pray for an open heart, an open mind. We pray, Lord, that we'll be ready to receive the word that, that, we, that we read and we sing and pray together tonight. And Lord, we pray that the preaching of your word will be a true blessing to our souls. And that, Lord, it might do us good and feed us for the week ahead. And Lord, hopefully further than that as well. We pray, Lord, as we meet together, that any distractions will be removed from our from our minds and, uh, Lord, from uh, things going on around us. We pray that we might be able to put all those things to one side and that we might come to worship, worship only Jesus uh, tonight. So, Lord, we pray that all that we do tonight will be acceptable in your sight. We pray, Lord, that it will indeed bring you glory and honour. And that, Lord, our souls may be truly blessed from the, from the, uh, from your word as we, as we, uh, un- unfold it together this evening. So, Lord, come and make one in our midst. We pray for your Holy Spirit to be teaching us, to opening us, our understanding to, uh, and, and applying the word to us in a way that you know that we need. So, Father, help us to be gracious and to accept all that you are, that you have planned for us. And all that, um, all that your word means for us. Help us to handle it graciously and to um, adjust our lives accordingly as, as much as we can. But Lord, we are truly dependent on your spirit. We are truly dependent upon your strength tonight. And we pray that uh, we might feel you near us as we open your word together. We pray all this now in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, Paul's got our first reading for us. Uh, so thanks for... Our reading this evening is taken from uh, the first epistle to the Corinthians, chapter 1, and beginning at verse 18, and we're reading down to verse 5 of chapter 2. So it's 1 Corinthians 1.18 on page 952 in the Church Bibles. For the word of the cross is folly to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise, and the discernment of the discerning I will thwart. Where is the one who is wise? Where is the scribe? Where is the debater of this age? Has not God made foolish the wisdom of the world? For since in the wisdom of God the world did not know God through wisdom, it pleased God through the folly of what we preach to save those who believe. For Jews demand signs and Greeks seek wisdom. But we preach Christ crucified, a stumbling block to Jews and folly to Gentiles. But to those who are called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ the power of God and the wisdom of God. For the foolishness of God is wiser than men, and the weakness of God is stronger than men. For consider your calling, brothers. Not many of you were wise according to worldly standards. Not many were powerful. 
Not many were of noble birth. But God choose what is, chose what is foolish in the world to shame the wise. God chose what is weak in the world to shame the strong. God chose what is low and despised in the world, even things that are not, to bring to nothing things that are, so that no human being might boast in the presence of God. And because of him, you are in Christ Jesus, who became to us wisdom from God, righteousness and sanctification and redemption, so that, as it is written, let the one who boasts, boast in the Lord. And I, when I came to you, brothers, did not come proclaiming to you the testimony of God with lofty speech or wisdom, for I decided to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. And I was with you in weakness and in fear and much trembling. And my speech and message were not in plausible words of wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit and of power, so that your faith might not rest in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Thank you, Paul. Well, let's continue with our next song. And uh, we are going to, we're going to sing for your gift of God the Spirit, power to make our lives anew, pledge of life and hope of glory, Saviour, we would worship you. Let's stand when the music starts.
For our next reading, let's pray again together. (coughs) Father, we come before you again to thank you, Lord, for your Holy Spirit and for the way that you make it possible for us to know you, to be, to communicate with you, to be taught by you. And Lord, we are completely in awe of your wonder and your power. Lord, we, if we were God, we wouldn't have dealings with people like us. Lord, we've done wrong to you many times, but we thank you that through your love and forgiveness, we thank you, Lord, for the obedience of Jesus Christ and his willingness to die a death on the cross, that we can have a relationship with you. Indeed, Lord, it's your it's your pleasure to have sinners like us in your family. And Lord, you know that we can bring nothing ourselves. It is the gift of God and not of works so that no one can boast. And Lord, that's certainly true um, for for me and I'm sure others feel exactly the same. That Lord, we, we wish we could bring something, um, but Lord, we really don't have anything uh, commendable to bring to you. But we thank you that it is all of your grace and all of your goodness. And as we heard with Tim and Jackie's uh, testimonies the other day, Lord, all by your grace. And we really rejoice and thank you for who you are and the, and the way you are. And Lord, as we come to you tonight, we pray that we will have a spirit of that among us, a spirit of um, appreciation of all that you've done. And how dependent we are upon you. Lord, you are worthy of all the praise that we could give all our lives and then more. And so we pray that in the way that we live day to day, we will look to reflect the character of our Saviour. We fall a long way short, but we thank you, Lord, that you teach us along the way that it is a refining process. And we pray, Lord, that as time goes on, we will indeed be made more like you, that he must. He will increase and that we will decrease. We pray, Lord, for more of you in our hearts. We pray that you will flood out the sin in our heart and uh, we, that we might have the love of God overflowing in us. And as we meet together, Lord, we pray for um, a real appetite for your word. And as we read this passage in Paul's letter to the Corinthians, we ask, Lord, that it might be made alive to us and relevant to us and that we might see how it applies to us. Uh, we... we uh, Thank you, Lord, that you want to communicate with us, that you have left your word on record so that we can read it. And Lord, how we, we were given you thanks and rooted this morning about uh, how uh, the, the precious verses that make up the Bible. And we pray, Lord, that um, that we might that you might help us in our memory to memorize verses of the Bible that might help us and keep us sustained through the week. Lord, we thank you for the way that we can come and be taught faithfully from your word week to week. We thank you, Lord, for um, the diligence and the prayerfulness of John and Mark and uh, others who come to preach to us and um, how all that they say is based solely on your word. And we pray that that will continue, Lord. We pray for sustained energy for them, that they might keep going and keep coming back to the word of God. And we pray, Lord, in our lives day to day and the decisions we, we make and the way that we behave, that we will be basing our life upon your word. Lord, we know we can't do it on our own, and so we thank you for your Holy Spirit. We thank you, Lord, for your compassion, and we pray that that you will help us in our day-to-day lives to, um, to be more like you.
And, and uh, Lord, we, uh, we thank you for the situations that we find ourselves in, although sometimes, Lord, they can be very painful. Uh, we know, Lord, that you do know best and how this is all part, of, we walk, uh, we walk up, um, our lives in a way that you have planned, that, Lord, nothing happens by chance, that all things are ordered by you and have been from the very start. And uh, Lord, we pray that you will give us grace and patience. We pray, Lord, that we will be able to see the lessons that you are trying to teach us when we go through hard times. And Lord, you know that many here are going through extremely tough times in very different ways, um, maybe with health or circumstances, family. Lord, you you know you know exactly where we each are, um, better than we even perhaps know ourselves. Um, and Lord, you know why we are where we are. And we commit uh, the lives of everyone here tonight, everyone watching online, into your hand. Lord, knowing that you know best. And we pray that all these things will work out for good. And Lord, we don't just want to be relieved of pain just because we're not enjoying it. But Lord, we, as much as we don't want to be in pain, we pray that out of it, that good will come. And that lessons will be learned. And that Lord... um, uh, that, that we will be um, uh, refined in that way. And Lord, we remember all the ministers of this church. We thank you for them. We thank you, Lord, for uh, the way that we can come week to week and uh, lots of activities going on. And Lord, we've got the YPs away from us this weekend and we really miss them. And uh, Lord, we pray for your blessing upon them as they meet together uh, in, in Hailsham tonight. And uh, Lord, we pray that they will, uh, that they're, that they will have a really uh, great and blessed time together and that this weekend might have been a really useful time um, as they've looked at your word together and spent time with one another. We pray, Lord, that it would have been a really good a good weekend for them and we look forward to their safe return. And uh, Lord, with all the events of this church coming up, we've got uh, Easter coming, Lord, and of course what a precious time of year that is for us as Christians. And what a great, a great thing to be able to remember and, uh, and celebrate, Lord. We thank you that your death on the cross is the very heart of our faith. And that, Lord, you did so, so willingly and so lovingly. And we can remember that and share that great news with other people around us. We pray, Lord, for a bold spirit to not hold back with the great, the, the, the life, the life changing, the life saving news of Jesus Christ. And we pray for a, a, a boldness, Lord, as we Invite people along and we pray, Lord, that there might be many who are keen to come and, uh, and, and hear the good news that, that Jesus died on their behalf and, and, uh, and just as good news, Lord, that he rose again, that he's not there now and there you are up in heaven above and, uh, Lord, what, that, that's the very, the, the very hope that we have is because of that Jesus is there now and so, Lord, Father, we thank you so much and we pray for a truly grateful heart. And to never lose sight or to become numb to the good news of Jesus Christ. But we pray, Lord, that it will be refreshed to us day by day. Keep our heads in our Bibles, Lord. I pray, Lord, that uh, you know that we can be guilty of of, um, of not always prioritising that. Forgive us where we fail, Lord, and help us to do better. Help us, Lord, to become more and more acquainted with your word, more acquainted with you. We pray, Lord, that our relationship with you will only grow and strengthen as we walk through life. So please uh, bless us now, Lord, as we, um, as we as this passage is open to us. Help John as he speaks to us. We pray, Lord, that our ears will be wide open and our hearts hungry and ready to absorb um, what we hear. We ask now in Jesus' name. Amen. Before uh, John comes to preach, we've got... Um, the, uh, uh, the reading that continues from where Paul left uh, left us um, before the last song. 
And uh, so if you could turn back in your Bibles to 1 Corinthians chapter 2, and we're going to start back up at verse 6 through to the end of the chapter. Paul's epistle to the Corinthians, Paul's first epistle to the Corinthians chapter 2, and from verse 6. Yet among the, the mature we do impart wisdom, although it is not a wisdom of this age or of the rulers of this age who are doomed to pass away. But we impart a secret and hidden wisdom of God, which God decreed before the ages for our glory. None of the rulers of this age understood this, for if they had, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. But as it is, as it is written, what no eye has seen nor ear heard, nor the heart of man imagined what God has prepared for those who love him. These things God has revealed to us through the Spirit, for the Spirit searches everything, even the depths of God. For who knows a person's thoughts except the spirit of that person which is in him? So also no one comprehends the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. Now we have received not the spirit. Now we have not received the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, that we might understand the things freely given us by God. And we impart this in words, not taught by human wisdom, but taught by the Spirit, interpreting spiritual truths to those who are spiritual. The natural person does not accept the things of the Spirit of God, for they are folly to him. And he is not able to understand them because they are spiritually discerned. The spiritual person judges all things but is himself to be judged by no one. For who has understood the mind of the Lord so as to instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. That will be the main passage that John is speaking to us from after we've sung our next song. And uh, I just want to read the, the third verse. Um... A prayer for God's wisdom uh, to be imparted to us. So grant me wisdom from above to pray for peace and cling to love. And teach me humbly to receive the sun and rain of your sovereignty. Let's stand when the music starts.
Uh, so we come to the passage that we uh, read, that second of the two passages, or the follow-on, uh, 1 Corinthians 2, verses 6 to 16. Maybe not the easiest passages at face value, uh, but one that struck me when I was reading it personally just a couple of weeks ago, and uh, something that I thought had got some important teaching that it would be good for us to take in. Uh, you'll find it best to have it open either uh, as a paper Bible or on your app because we're going to be engaging very much with the passage and it will help you to be able to follow it. But this is really going to be the main point of the sermon is that we need God-given spiritual insight and we're not born with it. We need God-given spiritual insight and we're not born with it. And if I was to pick a single verse that uh, brought it together, it would be verse 14 of chapter 2. The natural person does not accept the things of the Spirit of God, but they are folly to him, and he is not able to understand them because they are spiritually discerned. We need the Spirit's illumination. And in looking at the themes of this passage, what we're going to do is we're going to look at two pairs and then we're going to look at three consequences. So two pairs and three consequences, which I hope will um, help you to understand the passage, but I hope also will uh, bring the passage onto your heart as well. So the first pair is two sorts of wisdom. There's two sorts of wisdom in this passage and the passage that we read earlier. One is the wisdom of this age. You see that in verse 6. Paul talks about passing on something, although it is not a wisdom of this age. That's what... um, Everyone thinks is good. It's the general way of looking at things. The the values of society, if you like. It's what makes the news. It's what underlines the programs. It's projected by the celebrities. And uh, today that is largely materialistic, godless, me-centred, liberal the wisdom of this age. Uh, Paul's already referred to it um, elsewhere earlier on. Uh, In chapter 1 and verse 20, it talks about the wisdom of the world. In chapter 2 and verse 5, it talks about the, the wisdom of men. It can be eloquent. Verse 18 of chapter 1, verse 17 of chapter 1, not with words of eloquent wisdom. Well, there can be sometimes good things in it, in God's common grace, but it so often misses the mark. And as we come to our passage, we see that it's passing and those who propagate it are passing. Not a wisdom of this age or of the rulers of this age who are doomed to pass away. So it has its fads and it fades. It has its fads 
and it fades as people come and go and they change their theories and their outlook and their values and it comes through like a wave through society and then it is gone. And that's not the wisdom that Paul is taken up with, nor is it the wisdom that should dominate our minds. It's not what he passes on and imparts. He has a better message, a more important message. So you have here the wisdom of this age, but the second wisdom talked about is the wisdom of God. The wisdom of God. And that is in verse 7. But we impart a secret and hidden wisdom of God. And what's that like? Well, we get, um, we get, we get some beginning clues in verse 7. But we impart a secret and hidden wisdom of God, which God decreed before the ages for our glory. So it's, it's hidden. That is, not everyone realises its value. It's not passing, like the wisdom of this age. It was established before creation. It's solid. It's stable. It's steady. It's not a fad. It's not fading. It's what God decreed before the ages. And it's wisdom for our good. It carries on for our glory. It's wisdom which, what does it centre on? Well, according to chapter 1, it centres on the cross of Christ. Chapter 1, verse 23. But we preach Christ crucified, a stumbling block to Jews and folly to Gentiles, but to those who are called both Jews and Greeks, Christ the power of God and the wisdom of God. So this lasting wisdom, which not everybody realises, but which is for our good, centres on the cross of Christ. Is displayed wonderfully at the cross of Christ. And it's a wisdom which is revealed by God's Spirit. Verse 10, these things God has revealed to us through the Spirit. God's Spirit reveals, teaches, informs, makes people aware, instructs people in this wisdom. It carries on that the Spirit searches. Verse 10, for the Spirit searches everything, even the depths of God. You think of the depths of the sea and the bottom of the ocean. And you know the deepest part of the sea around the world? It's a Mariana Trench in the, in the Pacific Ocean, just a little north of PNG. It's over 11,000 metres deep seven miles deep. It's further down than Everest is up. How much do you know about the Mariana Trench? How much do you know about it firsthand?
Well, we know a little bit about it, but not first-hand. According to Wikipedia, there's been 22 crafts, uh, some with crew, some without crew, which over the years have been down there. Of course, it is a very, very special craft to go all that way under all that water pressure. And they would have taken their photos and had their cameras and kept their records. And, and so we know a bit about the Marinara Trench. But could we guess ourselves? Could you guess? Could I guess? You and I have no idea. We've barely been five foot under Eastbourne in terms of depths. How can we work out what's going on at the bottom of the Pacific Ocean? We need something to, to go down there. We need someone to go down there. We need someone to tell us what is happening. Somebody to go to the depths. And there are great depths to God, his character, his ways, his counsels, his purposes. And we can't plummet the the depths of God and his being, but the Spirit of God does. Verse 10 again, these things God has revealed to us through the Spirit, for the Spirit searches everything, even the depths of God. So the Spirit can reveal the depths and wisdom of God in a way which we can't see. Do you know what someone is thinking normally? Well, you have a bit of a guess sometimes, so maybe if you know somebody really well, you can work out a bit, but, but often you really don't know what's going on, do you, in people's minds. There's a, a, pro, a proverb that alludes to it, Proverbs 14.10, the heart knows its own bitterness and no stranger shares its joy. There's things going on inside us that others just don't know. And sometimes we think, I just don't know what was going on in their minds. I just, I don't know what was going on behind that smile, behind that look. I just don't know. We don't know people's minds. How much more is that true with God? You enter into the mind of God and know what is happening in his understanding and his wisdom. Do you think you're able to chart it and and tell us what, what is happening in the wisdom of God? Verse 11, for who knows a person's thoughts expect the spirit of the person, except the spirit of the person which is in him. But of course the Holy Spirit is within God. And so the Holy Spirit is able to give understanding to us. It carries on, verse 11, so also no one comprehends the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. So it's really saying we, we need God to tell us about God and his wisdom and his ways. You can't go to the bottom of the ocean, you can't go down to the depths of God, you can't read the mind of the person next to you, let alone read the mind of God, but the Spirit can. And so we need the Holy Spirit to reveal and teach us about God. And the Spirit has taught the apostles and given us the word of God. And the Spirit teaches us 
and gives us understanding of that word. So you carry on in verses 12 and 13. Now, we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, that we might understand the things freely given us by God. And we impart this in words, not taught by human wisdom, but taught by the spirit, interpreting spiritual truths to those who are spiritual. So there's a wisdom of God. And it's not passing. It centres on the cross. And it is revealed by the work of the Spirit in the Word of God and in our hearts as we're illuminated and understand about God. We can't generate that understanding by ourselves. We're touching on what's called here sometimes natural theology. That is learning about God from nature. Can we learn about God from nature? Well, yes, we can start to learn some things. It is one of the things that broadcasts something about God. And we learn that we have a designer and we know something of his standards and laws and goodness and beauty and wisdom in the things that we see around us. But there's a limit to what we have in natural theology. Just nature around us doesn't tell us about the intricacies of the atonement on the cross. Just the things around us don't tell us fully about the new creation ahead of us. No, we need God to reveal more. God is a revealing God. He reveals through his spirit. And that's the sort of wisdom we need. So I hope it's helped understand something of what's going on here. Have you realised before there are two wisdoms really? Wisdom of this age... Wisdom of God. Are you sold and totally taken up with the wisdom of this age, even though it's passing and shallow? Or are you hungry and wanting the wisdom from God, which is steady, cross-centred, revealed by his spirit? Two wisdoms. Two sorts of minds. Two sorts of minds. There's the mind here, really, of what we might call the natural person. So, verse 14, our key verse. The natural person does not accept the things of the Spirit of God, for they are folly to him, and he is not able to understand them. So the natural mind can't take in God's wisdom. In Romans, it says in one translation, the carnal mind, the natural mind is enmity against God. It's not for God. It's not in line with God. Ephesians tells us that in chapter 4, what we were like, what the Ephesians were like, what we were like. Verse 17 Now this I say and testify in the Lord that you must no longer walk as the Gentiles do in the futility of their minds. They are darkened in their understanding, alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to the hardness of their heart. 
So the, the natural person, the natural mind, us as we are born, we can't take it in. So, uh, I suppose there's a picture of it, you've got the the internet signals, haven't you, going out and around and, and within the internet as well as bad stuff, but there's an awful lot of good stuff which you can access. You can find out so much. How, how will we live without the internet, you sometimes wonder. But you do need something to receive it, don't you? You need to have a, sorry, a Wi-Fi system in your home or you need to have a phone with mobile data connection. And if you haven't, then there's all of this sort of good stuff accessible out there going all over the place, but you just don't register it. You've got no device, you've got no mechanism to receive it. And the the natural mind, our minds naturally, just doesn't receive the wisdom of God. It just sort of passes over us. We just don't clock it. That's what the Bible teaches that's why, in a way, it's the hidden wisdom of God, because we, hidden to us, we don't take it in, we, we don't uh, absorb it. That's like the people of verse 8 here in, in chapter 2. Yeah, people like Pilate and Herod and Annas and Caiaphas here in verse 8. None of the rulers of this age understood this, for if they had, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. So Jesus is the Lord of glory and they crucify him. They just don't realise his value and his beauty and his glory and his worth. just doesn't register on them. They've got, it's as if they've got no device because of the hardness of their heart. They've just got no device to register. Sometimes you talk to someone and at the end you just say, they just didn't get it. It just didn't seem to be able to take it in. You might say, well, as if I was talking a foreign language to them. I just, I just didn't absorb it. Perhaps there's been times when you've, you've heard, uh, you've gone somewhere and a gospel message has been preached and you thought, wow, that was, that was just so on point. Uh, that was just so powerful. Surely they must become a Christian now and you go out and you talk to your friend and, and it didn't mean anything to them. The mind of the natural person, us by nature, not receiving the wisdom of God. But also you have a, a second sort of mind of the spiritual person. And the spiritual person has spiritual discernment. Carry on in verse 14. The natural man not able to understand them because they are spiritually discerned. Verse 15. The spiritual person judges all things. He's able to assess things or she's able to assess things rightly to take it in. He's got a good understanding, got, got reception now, got reception of what is happening. Yeah, got God's wisdom centred on the cross, great things of God, are, they're starting to affect me now. I'm, I'm, I'm registering, I've got a signal. And uh, as a consequence, they're not in the pockets of the people of the age. The spiritual person judges all things, but it is himself to be judged by no one. He's not in the pockets of other people. 
So like, like Paul and the apostles, they've had things revealed by the Spirit, back to verse 10. These things God has revealed to us through the Spirit. We understand things rightly. We see it as it is. We have a new receptor. Uh, another uh, way of looking at it would be of night vision goggles. You've heard of night vision goggles. They're quite handy for the military. They were quite useful in the Gulf War. Um, a big advantage to the, the Allies is that they had night vision goggles. So they would be in a military situation at night, but they've got these goggles on and they can see in the dark. So the things are there, the things are happening, but before they were oblivious to them. But if you've got the goggles on, you can see what's happening. And the person with a spiritual mind, as if you like, have been given goggles and, and they can see the wisdom of God at last. You think of high frequency sounds beyond our, the dog whistle. You know, we don't know if a whistle's going on, but if it's one of these dog whistles, frequency above those that we can receive on our, and the, the dog knows what's happening, can hear, we're oblivious. Spiritually, it's as if we're given understanding to receive the signal. It's part of being born again. It's part of regeneration is the, the sort of theological term. 2 Corinthians 5 Verse 17, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away, behold, the new has come. And the cross means something to you. Because you've got a spiritual mind. Spiritually switched on. Spiritually alert. The spirit has taught you. comes out in the words of this older hymn, Lord, I was blind, I could not see in thy mild visage any grace, but now the beauty of thy face in radiant vision dawns on me. Lord, I was deaf, I could not hear the thrilling music of thy voice, but now I hear thee and rejoice, and all thine uttered words are it's connected to God's calling, God's work in somebody's life, drawing them to him. Chapter 1, this came out, verse 23. But we preach Christ crucified, a stumbling block to Jews, folly to Gentiles, but to those who are called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ the power of God and the wisdom of of God. God has worked in me, called me, I now hear and understand. I remember when my mum, uh, at one point many years ago, my mum uh, commenting on the previous pastor here and saying, um, well, the, the pastor's sermon seems a lot better than they used to be. Had they changed? No. She'd become a Christian. And she'd be given, if you like, new ears. And she heard it differently. She she got the receptor that the goggles were on. And so it seemed the sermons were different. Are you spiritually receptive? Are all, are all the messages dull and boring to you? 
Or has God worked in you to give you this spiritual liveliness and reception? It's worked in your heart by his spirit. So these things are real and important. And the cross of Christ, which used to be just one of those things you learned about in Sunday school, is now something which moves your heart and is the object of your trust. Two sorts of wisdom. The wisdom of this age, the wisdom of God. Two sorts of minds, the natural person or the spiritual person which receives God's wisdom. And then I want to just finish with some consequences of this. So I hope the teaching's been helpful in itself. I, I found it wonderful to be digging into it. But what, how, what should be some of these consequences for us, do you think? Well, there were three which came to my mind. One is to be very thankful. To be very thankful. If the Lord has given you a mind which now sees his glory, if the Spirit has been at work in you so that now the cross of Jesus is to you wisdom and power and no longer foolishness and weakness. The blind man in the Gospel of John, one thing I know, whereas I was blind, now I see. And he worships Jesus. It may have been gradual for you, but you see the change. The message is different. The cross is valuable. And that's the work of God's Spirit in your heart. Praise God. At the end of chapter 1, Christ has been made to you wisdom from God. And the chapter ends, let the one who glories, glory in the Lord. Be thankful, that's one thing. Why was I made to hear his voice and enter while there's room, while thousands make a wretched choice and rather starve than come, says one of the older hymns. Praise God that you are given ears to hear. Be thankful and be prayerful. The dying words of the Bible translator William Tyndale, when he was burnt at the stake in 1536, were, Lord, open the King of England's eyes. And that's something to pray for people, isn't it? That God would open their eyes. For those to whom it means very little or nothing, at the moment, the things that they hear about Christ. There's hope that they might be changed if God was to give them spiritual alertness and receptivity, if he were to work in them by their spirit to make them spiritually minded. For our young people away, that God might put into those who have not yet had it spiritual reception We're praying for our Sunday school, especially on Thursday. A good thing to be praying for those who are young. You pray for your loved ones. A good thing to pray for them, to be prayerful for them, that God would open eyes, that they might see the truth, that the goggles might go on. But something also to be prayerful for ourselves. 
Because it is an ongoing need, isn't it? Wasn't it in one of the big Psalms that he says, open my eyes that I may see wonderful things out of your law? There's one person I know who, say, who has an IOU for his Bible reading. He has three, three prayers. Really, incline my heart to your testimonies. Oh, open your eyes that I might see wonderful things out of your law. You, unite my heart to fear your name. I owe you. One of them, open my eyes. Paul prayed that for the Ephesians, chapter 1, in his grand prayer for them. That the Father of glory may give you the spirit of wisdom and of revelation in the knowledge of him, having the eyes of your hearts enlightened, that you may know several things. So, be prayerful, be thankful, realise this truth, be prayerful for others, be prayerful for your ongoing need of the help of the Spirit. And then, one final one, in keeping with the flow of the passage, I, I called it, be watchful. That is, be careful to live in the, the light of what we know. I say this because of where it goes into chapter 3. So he's been sort of establishing them in the wisdom from God, which is cross-centred, so they're not intimidated by the wisdom of the age, but they hold fast and pass on that message. But it also bringing them here, because in verse 1 of chapter 3 he says, but I, brothers could not address you as spiritual people, but as people of the flesh, as infants, as babies in Christ. They they weren't living out their understanding. And we do need to be watchful that the spiritual understanding we have from God is something that is registered and lived out. They They were being full of jealousy and rivalry. Uh, There were arguments amongst them. They weren't living as they should. You know, if you had night vision goggles, you'd be be pretty pretty serious, wouldn't it, in the midst of a warfare situation, if if you put the goggles in your bag, just carried on. The Lord has taught us things about the cross. We need to live in the light of them. We need to keep the goggles on. It may be a great Wi-Fi in the home, but if you've sort of not clocked into it and you've just done one dot or bar of mobile data, you're going to struggle. We need to be watchful to live out and live in the light of God's wisdom. So, Two sorts of wisdom, two sorts of minds, three consequences. But our main verse, which I'll read to finish, verse 14. The natural person does not accept the things of the Spirit of God, for they are folly to him. And he is not able to understand them, because they are spiritually discerned. Or shall we sing together our last song? Our last song is one that we often sing as the one just before the message, just before the sermon. And you'll see why, uh, and you'll know why.
But I thought it would be a good song to sing really more generally after that message as a prayer that the Spirit might teach us through the Word of God. So now, in reverence and awe, we gather round your Word. deeply thankful for the work of your spirit in people's hearts, in our hearts, so that we might see the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Lord, do please go on to do that work of enlightenment and illumination in the hearts of many, the hearts and minds of those that we love, that they may see what we see. And help us to grow in our understanding, to find that we have a deeper spiritual understanding of truth as time goes on. May your spirit be our teacher. And we pray that you would help us to live in the light of what you have revealed, not to put it aside, not to forget about it, not to signal out of it, but instead to live out a life which is consistent with the cross of Christ, which will include humility and love. And all this we pray through the name of the Saviour. Amen.